When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, my friends. I'm so happy you're going to listen to this week's episode featuring a lady I met years ago when I was writing my book, Make Your Own Sunshine, stories of people who find light during sometimes very dark moments in life. Mary Latham has dedicated her life to finding stories of kindness for many years now. She went on a journey a few years back that took her across country to all 50 states, collecting stories of goodness from people doing wonderful acts of kindness. She's now got a new idea to spread the holiday cheer called the Postcard Project. It's a simple one. Do a nice thing for someone, write it down, and send her a note on a postcard or on social media. And she's going to put all of those great messages on display at a library in Greenport, New York, starting December 14th, which would be the 10-year anniversary when Mary started her More Good campaign. I know you're going to love her story and how she's spreading small rays of sunshine one day at a time. Mary, it's been a while, but I have to tell you, you made the Dean's List. (laughs) Well, that is quite an honor. <laughs> well, you've been on my dean's list for a long time. We've met we met several years ago. I heard about your story and spreading more good and and featured you in my book um which I can't remember right now. It's called Make Your Own Sunshine. <laughs> yes, most mostly sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Make Your Own Sunshine. I wanted to write a book about people doing kind things for others because when you do something kind for someone else, it kind of spreads like sunshine, right? And you, of all people, know that. Yes, absolutely. It was how the whole thing started. So take me back. How did your journey begin? Uh, so my, uh, let's see, in the beginning, I was actually working in Manhattan at the time. And I was working the day of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. And I was reading the news as they were updating us on the shooter. He was still an active shooter. And it was obviously, as we all remember, pretty traumatizing. And my coworker stopped by as I was looking at the news. And he said, you know, you should have come to Starbucks with me today. And I kind of ignored him because I was focused on the news. And I said, yeah, I couldn't afford it. And he said, no, it was free. And I turned around and looked at him and was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he said, yeah, there was a guy in line. He was buying um, gift cards for employees because it was right before Christmas. And then he randomly bought an extra one for $100 and said, run it out on the line of people behind me. And it was just such an awesome thing. My friend that I worked with at the time had had such a rough year and so many things happening. Um, And he had just been so down and I could still see his face. Like he was just glowing about this free coffee that someone bought him. And so after he left my desk, I called my mom to tell her the little story she was going through her second round of cancer at the time and I'd call her every morning. And so I told her the little story and then I kind of quickly switched over to the shooting and, you know, how could this happen? She didn't know about it yet. And I just kept going on and on and telling her all about it. And how is there so much bad out there and how could people do this? And she kind of 
quietly interrupted me and said, you know, Mary, you you got to remember that other story you told me first. You know, there's always going to be tragedies and horrible things that will inevitably happen in our lives and in the world, but there'll always be more good out there if you look for it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of where more good was born. Um, She passed away a couple of weeks later from a surgery during her her time with cancer. And so um, that was kind of my own personal tragedy that I was going through. And I kind of used her last words is a life raft to get me through and go look for the good that would still be out there despite the tragedies and packed up her old Subaru and took off across America. You did for kindness. You did 50 (laughs) states, right? You went through 50 states looking for kindness, looking for more good. Yes. Basically all the moments of really what it was. I mean, it's kindness because it's people taking time to do something kind for someone. But what I found was more, it was stories of resilience of like all the people across America that go through these tragedies and kind of how we put our foot, you know, in front of, you know, one foot in front of the other after going through this and and how we can kind of cope and um, find ways to create something positive out of the darkness that we go through um, and how people keep going. So I'd like to call it kindness, but kindness always to me sounds like such a like pretty word of sprinkling rainbows and unicorns. And Mm. this was this was a lot of tragedy. And um, all the stories were shrouded in something dark that happened to these people and these beautiful moments that kind of got them through from strangers. And it doesn't take a lot. That's one thing I learned when I was writing that book and meeting you. It can be just something as small as getting a coffee for someone or smiling at someone, uh, opening a door, writing a note. Uh, it, it really can be such a small little thing that can be like a domino effect. Yeah, I, I feel like the most I've noticed lately is really what it is, is paying attention. Mm. I mean, you know, we I had a friend visit um, two weeks ago and she said she was at the post office and for some reason... She saw a woman, I mean, she was like 100 feet away getting out of her car, but she looked like she was struggling. And so she just sat there and she looked around. She said, you know, the leaves were turning. So she's just kind of looking around. And then the woman finally got to her a couple of minutes later and she had tears in her eyes. And she said, you, I, I fell this morning and I think it was a very old woman. She said, I think I cracked a rib and I have been struggling all day and I had to pay this bill. And I was so worried of how I was going to open the door at the post because it's a huge, heavy door. And here you were just randomly standing there for the last few minutes holding it for me. Oh, my gosh. And it's that stuff. Like, it's literally just paying attention and noticing what's going on around us, lifting our eyes off of our phones and just looking up and seeing like there's so much need when we just look around and, and look for it and so anyway, that was just a little thing that happened last week. <laughs> that is, but that brings tears to my eyes. It does. And, yeah. you know, what happened to your mom is so tragic. Uh, you know, we've lost loved ones during a pandemic, and but you've managed to turn something tragic into something so beautiful. And I, I just remember meeting you and thinking, we need more of Mary out there, you know? <laughs> uh, and... When you went on your journey, now how long ago was that? So that was, I left in October of 2016, and I got off of the road November 30th, 2019. Mm. So right before the world shut down. Right before the world. <laughs> and I remember that. I remember because I wrote the book, and then I had to promote it during the pandemic. And I will say that writing all of these chapters about people like yourself, Mary, brought 
so much light in a time of darkness for our family. So I feel like that uh, meeting you and writing something so positive was something I needed so much in my life. Um, and so I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that you and I have kept in touch and we're able to talk. And now more than ever, it seems like we need these stories. You know, you talk about doing all of this before a pandemic. We're hit by a pandemic and we're starting to kind of come out of it. It's like the light comes out after the storm, right? But we need to be reminded now more than ever to look for the kindness, look for the good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, and it really, I think the thing that is so beautiful about it is it, it's like, we're all so, we feel so alone right now. Mm. Um, it, like with ourselves and just in general, there's always this, I think, I forget who said it. I think it was Louis CK or someone said that, like, we all have this like forever loneliness <laughs> within us. Yeah. Um, and it's so true. And I think that, you know, there's so many different versions of loneliness, whether it was me on the road, even though I was surrounded by people every second of three years, which was <laughs> very mentally exhausting, but wonderful at the same time. But to just be on for three straight years. Um, but then also be getting in the car and wondering, how am I going to explain this to people? Like, how am I going to tell them? I mean, you're walking in these homes of complete strangers and they're putting dinner on the table for you. And, you know, just the the kindness that I received Um but then getting in the car and like that loneliness that I felt that was debilitating at times mm. and, but be, people that are in marriages that are loveless and they're laying next to someone and that's a loneliness. Like there's just so many types. So when these moments of kindness happen, it makes us cry. Cause it's like, it's touching that loneliness because someone else paid attention to you and someone made you saw you and knew you needed help. And, you know, I always think of my sister too. She, she went to the grocery store. I think it was like two days after I got home. And my journey was, it took a toll on my family too, because they were terrified. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we're all so close and I was just out there staying with strangers. So my sister was so relieved I was home and she had, um, you know, gone to the grocery store it was two days after I gotten home and she had her two little kids, like a baby and a toddler. And she had forgotten one ingredient. And so she rushed out to the store and she gets the stuff. And then as you're in the grocery store, you find a couple extra things. And so she probably had like 40 bucks of stuff. And she finally gets to the register and realizes she forgot her wallet. And she's like, oh, my God. And the woman um, behind her was like, just add this to my thing. And she's Ugh. like, no, no, no. Like, I really only needed this one that she said, it does not matter to me. Just please add it to the thing. And my sister just like broke down. She's like, Oh my gosh, she's, you don't understand. My sister just got off of this road trip collecting stories of people like you that are doing <laughs> these little things. And she just like lost, she said she couldn't stop crying for like five oh. minutes. Um, but between the relief of me being home and her seeing like, wow, this stuff is really happening. Not that she didn't know that, but it's just, it, it touches that spot of like, when it happens to you, like it's such a beautiful moment and it's, it does, it makes you cry. Cause it's like these feelings that we numb so often. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tell me about your mom. What do you remember most about her? Um, so my mom was definitely one of those people that was kind of like radiated a quiet kindness. She just did little things that you never really knew about till after she passed. And then the people that showed up and told you <laughs> like what she did mm-hmm. for them. Um, I remember that even little things like the, um, the UPS guy that came to our house and it was probably, um, two months after she had passed and I was home one weekend to, um, helping my dad with something. And, you know, I ran downstairs when I heard the knock at the door and opened the door. He was already halfway down the walkway and he turned around so fast that I knew I was like, ah, he thinks she's home from the hospital. And he saw me and I'm not usually home. So that threw him off. And, and so he kind of walked back and he asked me cautiously, you know, your mom. And I told him, you know, she passed away and he just sat down on the front step and started crying and mm. said how she would always invite him in and talk because his wife had passed away from cancer and how she'd invite him in and talk to him and all this stuff. And so, and there were so many of those moments that happened after she passed. So she was definitely someone that just kind of did these small things without any type of acknowledgement um, that we didn't find out till after she passed. And she just was so strong. Like she just was always smiling. And even after the surgery and we thought, Oh, the surgery was just a little surgery that went wrong. But the doctors told us like when they went in there, like she was in a lot of pain, like there was a lot going on and she just never told us she never wanted us to worry. Like, you know, she was just always smiling, always pulled together. Like it was, I don't know. She just, I think she was like a, a beacon of resilience, I guess, for me when I did my trip to just think about, well, she got up every day and she did what she needed to do. Like I can keep going on this journey. Um, I don't think she meant like when she said, you know, there's more good out there. Oh, go stay with strangers around America. <laughs> she was probably up in heaven right now going, geez, Louise, Mary, this is not what I meant. <laughs> but she, she definitely, um, she definitely put that that mindset and that perspective and way to look at life into my head after, you know, just with the way she lived her life. Mm -hmm. And now that you've had time to reflect on that journey going to all 50 states, what are some of the stories that you remember the most? Um, I would definitely say those, those moments of the smaller acts of kindness, just because it, it's so translatable and it's something that we're all capable of. So I always like to tell those stories. I think the people that do the huge things like, you know, donate the kidneys to strangers, like they're just amazing. Like that's amazing to me. But I think it it comes off a little daunting to others that maybe aren't capable of doing that. Um, but, but then there's, you know, I remember a woman I stayed with in Hawaii and she had um, put out in a newsletter to her company because she was working remotely. And I think it was in Minnesota. Um, She put out that I was staying with her and about my story. And one of the people that worked at the company read some of the stories and got inspired to donate her kidney to someone Mm. because she read that. So, so it can inspire, I mean, those like crazy walking angels on earth. Um, It is amazing to like be able to share these stories because maybe someone is able to do something like that. Um, But also just, I think the moments that people really listened to me, like, you know, there's little things about the trip that were so challenging. Like people would always make me a big breakfast, which is so kind, but like, I was so anxious all the time. I could (laughs) barely eat in the mornings, 
um, that I would always feel so rude if I couldn't eat. And I remember I got to one home and uh, I was in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and it was towards the end of the trip. So by then I was finally learning how to just like say what I might need. And, um, and before bed, the woman said to me, um, you know, we're going to be both at work in the morning, but is there anything we can get ready for you? Or what do you like to eat? And I said, honestly, I'd like a shot of espresso. And I was just kind of making a joke about it. And she, we were talking about other things. And she said, you know, what are you going to do when you get off of the road? I said, oh, get a massage. Like my back is broken from sitting in this <laughs> Subaru Outback for so long in the bucket seat. So I was like, you know, a, a massage joking around. Anyway, the next morning I go downstairs and her husband, Enzo, he's straight off the boat from Italy. He had like the little espresso maker and everything was perfectly set up. Just a little thing, uh, espresso. And there was a little card and I opened it up and it was a gift certificate to the local massage place. And I literally cried (laughs) because (laughs) it was like this because people are always doing nice things. But it's like, you know, when someone when my mom died and people dropped off lasagna, I couldn't eat. But if someone dropped off a bottle of wine, you know, like there's the things that not that that was necessarily the healthiest decision, but you can't, you know, focus on certain things and people are just inundating you with with stuff. And for her to really listen to what I needed, like those little moments of just like the comfort that you would receive in the homes, people making you feel comfortable or, you know, just I don't know how to describe even describe it yet. I'm still working on doing that in the book, but just um they were seeing the real side of the journey. Like I would put out on social media, you know, a picture of me and someone I met and we're both smiling and it's a beautiful story of that person. Um, But I was broken down and very tired and it was so hard to take on all of these people's stories and um, process it. And so those people whose homes um, that they allowed me in their homes, those 154 people across America, they really saw like my side of the journey and just them and the comfort they provided and offering their homes. I mean, that was really the biggest part for me because I don't think I could have survived it without them. How did you find the people in each state that you went to? Just on Craigslist. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So I actually, um, in the beginning of the journey, made a video. I posted on Facebook and I kind of said, if anyone has a friend in California or, you know, a cousin in Texas or someone across America that might let me crash on their couch or in their guest room, let me know. And so people tagged through that, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it was through local coverage. I would try to reach out to a radio station or a local TV station just so that people knew, Hey, this girl is here. If you have a story, reach out to her. Um, But the biggest thing I always got from those experiences was people reaching out to offer their homes Mm no one ever felt like their story was important enough or big enough or whatever. And I would always get the stories out, but it was just um, people offering shelter was always the easiest part of the trip. And then going around the communities and collecting the stories was more challenging. Um, But it was, yeah, they would just, which is why my family was stressed, but yeah, they would just reach out from like a a news coverage or especially some of the bigger news coverages that I got. Um, you would just get a ton of emails of people saying you can stay with me. And um, I would get to their homes. And I always had a kind of small plan of if I didn't feel comfortable or something, you know, then I could say I'm not really feeling well, but I wanted to meet you and thank you for offering. But I'm going to stay in a hotel because I don't want to bring any sickness into your home. You know, I, we're from New York, Janice. We, we can come up with, with some backup baloney. plans. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I never had to. Not once. 
Wow. And so now you're starting to detail the the journey into a book? Yes. Um, I've been working on the book and I actually have taken a little pause from the actual book for the coffee tables. And I'm, I'm working on my own story just because I feel that might be the one that needs to be written first, mm. um, just to help help me kind of process the message that I want to put across with the more good book. Okay. Do we have a release date or anything down the road? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> no, I'm still in the process of actually finding a publisher and um, and doing all that. So I really, I've just been only focused on the writing right now. Okay. Well, I can help you with that. Well, that's lovely to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and I will help you with that because now more than ever, I feel like these stories have to be told. And I've always said, you know, there are more good people in the world than the bad people. But unfortunately, some of the news coverage or a lot of the news coverage we see, it's always the the not great stories. And it's almost like we do need to focus on the good stories to to allow people to realize that despite our political differences, despite, you know, the challenges that we've all been through the past almost three years now with pandemic um fallout. We all are human and we all need that kindness in our life. And sometimes it begins with us starting to do that for someone else. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, which is why I launched that little um, postcard project that I sent to you to kind of inspire people to do just that. (laughs) We'll be back with more sunshine right after this. Tell me about that project. So The postcard project is basically just because the holidays are coming up and I thought it would be a fun little thing to kind of spark. Mostly it's my own problem with procrastination and writing my book, creating more projects for myself. (laughs) But but really what it is, is it's, it's kind of hoping to inspire people by sharing my story of, you know, traveling three years across America, 43,000 miles, all to search for these acts of kindness to share with people because of one man that I'll never even know (laughs) at a Starbucks in Midtown on December 14th. You know, he went on there, he bought those coffees. It, you know, my friend told me about it. It inspired the conversation with my mother and it eventually got me on the road. And, you know, it's always so crazy to think that it's all because of this one guy who you know, people said, oh, did you ever go back to the Starbucks <laughs> and um, try to fi- figure out who he was? And I actually, a year into my road trip, I had to go back because I kept my wedding business going while I was on the road. So probably 10 times throughout those three years, I would park my car at the person's home that I was at. They dropped me at the airport and I would fly back to New York, shoot two or three weddings. So they'd fly back and be on the road for months again. So uh, during one of those times, I went back into the city and I went to go to that Starbucks. I thought maybe if I said it was December 14th, 2012, he bought a bunch of gift cards around 9.30 a.m., you know, and then one for $100. I thought maybe they'd find him. Yeah. Um, and it was closed. <laughs> that, Starbucks, that Starbucks is gone. So I was like, ah, it's a sign. Like maybe I'm never meant to know him. Um, although I always like to think that he'll be in a hospital someday because that's where I plan to put the majority of the books in those waiting rooms. Um, and he'll be there for a positive reason. You know, his daughter just had a baby or something and he's sitting there and he's opens up this book and he realizes that it was him. Mm. And 
and all of you know in the movie of my life obviously um <laughs> i'll be in maine in a cute little cottage with my husband and he's cooking dinner because i can't cook and i'm playing with my foster children and there's a knock at the door and it just starts snowing and i open the door and there's this little old man with a little white mustache and his little hat on and he's holding an umbrella because it's snowing and he's holding my book and he points to the book and he says it was me oh. and it fades to black <laughs> you I love that story. So we get the book published and then we, you know, shop it to get to a movie, a Hallmark movie. I think that I that's... Mean, of course, of course it'd be a Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Um, but anyway, the, the concept is it's this man that I'll never know mm. and he'll never know that he inspired me. I mean, I, ch- I stopped my life and it took a whole different path because of his kindness. And so I was hoping this season to inspire people to just do one small act of kindness because we really never know where it can lead. And it could be anything. You could drop flowers off at your neighbors that you never talked to. You could go volunteer somewhere. You could, you know, donate to a scholarship in your community. You could call a relative that you haven't talked to or write a letter. Just one little thing to take time for somebody else. Yeah. And and to show them some kindness. And um and look, yeah, like I said, I mean, I heard these stories on my trip, someone just smiled at someone and it like changed their life. Yep. So, you know, you never know because we're so especially me and Neil. We're so smiley. We're smiling at people all the time. People are smiling at us because we're smiling at them. It, we don't even think about it, but there are people out there that do not get smiled at because of maybe the way they look or whatever and then they're not getting acknowledged or ignored. Um and so I feel like it can be such a small act. And then what I'm hoping to encourage people to do is to write down what you did because it's just fun to like give other people and you can do it anonymously to give other people ideas because everyone wants to do something. They don't know what to do all the time. Mm. So now they could have ideas from all these postcards. You write it down on a postcard and your city and state and then you mail it to me. Um, and I'm going to have a huge display right before Christmas among snowflakes of all the postcards or letters or whatever it is that I get from people, um, of their acts of kindness. I love it. Now, how can people write to you? Are you allowed to give out your address on the radio? Yes. (laughs) Tell me, what is it? It's PO box four, five, five, um, Orient, O-R-I-E-N-T, New York, one, one, nine, five, seven. That's... And if people, what's that? No, go ahead. Tell me. And, and if people, you know, want to save postage money, um, they can also send the message via Instagram. It's more good today. Um, and, you know, what? or they can email moregoodtoday at gmail.com. So those are a couple different options if they want to, if they want to save the stamp money. But I thought it'd be fun to have something tangible to hold. Otherwise I'll print out their stories. But if they had a postcard from whatever city or state they were from, it would just look cool. And then on the back, it would be whatever act of kindness they did. That is so good, Mary. That's such a great idea. And, and even sitting down to write it, uh, just reinforces it, I find. Yeah, just taking, the, I mean, and also just going to the mail. Like, I, I love that. And I love getting mail. But yeah, and I and I also um, told people if they wanted to share the name of someone in their lives that they've lost, that always encouraged them to do good, whether it was a grandmother or a cousin or an aunt or a sibling that was a positive person in their life that passed away, um, they could just write their name on the postcard or on a piece of paper um, just so that, you know, all those people can be shared too in the display. Mm. So lovely. I think about my sister-in-law 
Donna, who out of tragedy and a lot of these stories, people doing good things for others, you know, comes from a place of tragedy. She uh, after she lost her parents, she decided um, that she was going to get little gifts at Christmas time. Actually, she does it all year round at different holidays and goes to different nursing homes and and brings little gifts, a blanket, a, a crossword puzzle, um, some, you know, some uh, some soap or, you know, things that they may like or need, even a stuffed toy sometimes. And she found out that a lot of people in nursing homes sometimes don't even have family, you know, and to yeah. receive a gift even if from a stranger, it brings, you know, a light in their life. And that's something that Donna would have really never known had her parents not, you know, been in a nursing home and unfortunately died tragically. But she wants to give back in 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 their name kind of thing to others. Uh, so I feel like I'm going to nominate Donna. <laughs> Donna Johnson, um, right? Because she does oh. this, and Christmas is her big time of year. You know, we get together, and we um, all of these people that that you know anonymous, anonymously give to her to give to the nursing homes in and around New York State um, around Christmas time. It's really, it's really special. It's really incredible. Um, so that's what it reminds me of. It's just, uh, it's these little pieces of goodness that sometimes come from a really dark time. Um, and and that's kind of what we need the most these days is to see the sunshine. Um, yeah. Come. And it's really what gets you through. I mean, I always think of helping as the antidote to hurting, like where, you know, she took her hurt and she went and helped people and it feels good. And well, that always makes me think of that friends episode where Joey is like, there's, there's no selfless good deed. <laughs> And they're, and him and Phoebe are fighting about it. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Yes, it is selfish to do something good. It feels good to do good. Why wouldn't you want to do that? That's right. And it, and it is awkward sometimes, you know, and, and people get uncomfortable with it. And one of the most creative ones I had heard so far was a friend of mine in the city was walking down the street and saw a woman in the hair salon with two broken wrists from pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> and she was an older woman. She went in and paid for her haircut. Oh. And so it's again, cause she's paying attention, looking around for what she could do, but she was with a, um, old high school friend that they were just getting lunch that day. And she said, Oh, we got to do this thing. My friend's running this project. And he's like, Oh gosh, Oh my goodness. Oh, it's going to be so awkward. Oh, what are we going to do? <laughs> he was all stressed about it. Then they did that. And he was like, so happy. She said he was like calling people. Like he called his parents and told them about it. He was, it totally changed his mood. Cause in that was initial things that it is, it feels awkward to do kindness sometimes, but then when you do it, it just feels so good. Yeah. And it is sometimes <laughs> it, it's when in your darkest moments where you're like, Oh, I, I just, I'm, I'm ha not having a good day. And then you decide to do something for somebody else and it turns your day around. Yeah. Absolutely. It does. It, it's it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the M&M story, because that has always stuck in my mind since I wrote uh, the book. Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> um, I actually emailed that woman. I told her, I was like, I have told your story. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, so I, um, yes, this woman was working at a bank, I want to say in Block Island at the time, and she was in her late 20s, perhaps. And she was having a really bad day and it, it was visible on her face that she was having a hard time. And a customer came in to take money out. And as she was doing the transaction, the customer said, you know, are you okay? 
is there, you know, is there anything I can do for you? Look like you're having a hard day. And she was really embarrassed and kind of said, made a joke of it and said, oh, nothing some M&Ms won't fix when I get out of work later. And they both laughed and the lady left. And 30 minutes later, the lady came back and slid a bag of M&Ms to her under a window and left. And she never saw her again. She swore she was an angel. (laughs) She just came out of nowhere. And she was 53 now when she was telling me this story. And she had told her kids and her grandkids and she never forgot it. And it was just, again, it was this tiny little moment. And I used to think in the beginning of my trip when I would, you know, hear these things, oh, maybe she stubbed her toe or her boyfriend broke up with her. But as I, and I never found out, you know, what was going on in her life at that time that it meant so much to her. But after my journey and hearing all these people's stories, I mean, you could could have had a relative diagnosed with cancer or an uncle died in a car crash. You never know what's going on in people's lives. And usually we're wading through some pretty dark stuff. Um, and so to have that little moment of kindness, it means so much because it comes at the time when you need it the most. Yeah. And oh, we all need it the most right now. I agree. I agree. Well, Mary, you're such a pleasure. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. And uh, especially on this, you know, this anniversary, we want to get people to send their postcards or you, know, you can go on Instagram. Actually, looking at Mary's Instagram, it will bring so much joy in your life um, when social media can also be a very dark place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you get Mary on your on your Instagram. Are you on the other ones on Facebook and, and, and Twitter? Um, yeah, it's uh, more good today. Twitter might be under my name, which is Mary Latham. Okay. But I think more good today. If you search it on Twitter, I should come up. You are just a light of sunshine, my friend. And I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, and, and I know that there's a reason you came into my life as well. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. And I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And I'm going to help you with that book. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, as an organization of one. Everyone always is like, oh, have your people talk to me. I'm like, it's just me. <laughs> more, more good. Just just one person um, running it. But yeah, so any help I could get is always very appreciated. <laughs> you know, did I ask you why you wanted to make sure those books were in hospitals? So the, the whole kind of idea was born in the hospital waiting room because I was there with my mom so much. She had been diagnosed when I was in seventh grade and then kind of always had some type of problem ever since then. And then her cancer came back. So the waiting rooms to me were a very dark place. There was nothing in there. Um, It was just very hopeless. And even that last week with my mom, I had my family, but there were people in there that were alone. Um, There was a divorced couple fighting about their daughter who was dying, if she could see her boyfriend or not. Um, It was just like for an already very depressing place, it felt horrible. So I just kind of wanted to put a little shred of hope in those rooms for people so that they could read a story and and have something nice to look at. Um, So that's really what I hope to do. And I wanted to do it like Tom's Shoes. You know that company that you buy a pair and then it donates a pair? Oh, yeah. So you could buy a book for your own coffee table or a friend for Christmas, and then it would donate one and you could pick what hospital or what state it went to. I think that's a brilliant idea. I think we're going to make this happen. Well, I trust you, Janice. So I hope so. <laughs> well, I will. I this is my focus. This is my this is my New Year's resolution. We're going to make sure that more good gets into more hospitals and 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 helps helps change people's days and outlooks because it can happen. You can do it. You can change somebody's day by just doing something really small. Yes. 
Absolutely. Mary Latham, I love you, my friend. Uh, to be continued. And, um, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Janice. I love you, too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Mary Latham, for being such a bright light in sometimes a very dark world. If you would like to participate in Mary's postcard project or to find out about her amazing More Good journey, you can head to her website, moregoodtoday.com. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.